0: Hey, my name is Suhani, and this is my podcast, the Femme Stem Mythbusters. Today's guest speaker is Lewis Melbourne. Lou started her technology career as a network engineer, trainer, and software selection consultant. As the co-founder and CEO of the software company Acquire, she wore the many hats of a startup leader. 19 years later, after selling her company to a private equity firm, she retired. She launched a non-profit, My Future Story, helping students explore careers. In September, her first sci-fi novel, Moral Code, will be released. Moral Code focuses on a female engineer fighting to bring ethical computing to to all artificial intelligence.
1: Hi, Louis. how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you?
0: I'm doing well too. Um, so, Louis, <laughs> tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, well, I have been a um, CEO of a software company for most of my career, but I sold that software company, and now I am writing books and have a nonprofit helping kids explore careers.
0: Wow. And I believe you have a book coming out right now,
1: right? Or soon? I do. In September, I have Moral Code, which is my first science fiction um, it's my first novel. I have a couple kids' books out there, but this is my first um, novel, and it's about um, ethical AI, and, and what would we do if we could build the, the AI that we really would like to build?
0: Ooh, that sounds really exciting. I can't wait to read it. Well, let's get into the myth that we're going to be discussing today, which is that women are only recently gaining an interest in STEM so what do you, what are your thoughts on this
1: statement? Well, you see lots of statistics about, oh, you know, women are gaining in in you know their jobs, et cetera, in STEM, and that it's new because we're now promoting STEM more. And it's like, you no, know, women have been highly engaged in science and math and and yet history is written by men. For men to read, so they write it about men, and they mm-hmm. don't include the women that have had huge contributions in scientific endeavors and you know mathematics, computing. So uh, it's very much a myth that we're only now getting excited about STEM. We've we've been engaged for a long time. We've just had a few barriers in front of us.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, just to give a couple of examples of some women in science and technology from um, even like the 20th century. Uh, one is Ada Lovelace, who is considered to be the founder of scientific computing and the first computer programmer. And I love that she's considered like the first computer programmer because um, you know, STEM as a whole has been getting a lot more women involved. But one area that still uh, we see a lack of representation is technology. So I love that connection that Ada Lovelace has to that. Um, And then there's another example, Rosalind Franklin, who was a British chemist and crystallographer who was known for her research that was essential to elucidating the structure of DNA um, an important thing is that she wasn't actually credited for her role. It wasn't until years later that her work was recognized and she was given credit. Um, and then another example, do you have any other examples you want to add?
1: Well, there's, you know, in um, World War Two. There's the ENIAC programmers. There's the women that were breaking code at Bletchley Park, which was a great deal of math and the you know some of the also the original computing along with Turing and you know trying to break the German and the Japanese codes. And those women, they they never got their recognition, but they were enormously important to um to world peace, kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah. And
1: and their involvement just never quite got talked about. It's not until I think a lot of women started pulling out the history threads to to tell their stories.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's really interesting, I think, to see this because um, you know, we feel like because there were so many barriers that women faced in like early history where you know they weren't allowed to get an education they didn't have as many rights um, that that was kind of that was a huge barrier and so no women were like involved but it's interesting to see that the even the ones even the few that were involved their stories were never told so I'm really happy that we're finally telling their stories and they're emerging as new role models that other girls can look up to and follow.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very important that we see that representation and that girls and women can picture themselves in these roles because they know that they are not the first ones to do it. Not everybody wants to be a trailblazer. Some yeah. do, some don't um so it makes it so much easier but it's it's not just important that that girls and women see these historical roles it's also important for males to see these women in these roles so that it gets normalized so that they mm-hmm. accept it and it's not a it's not a barrier for them to mentally see their daughter or their sister or their coworkers in these roles it it I think sometimes we focus a whole lot on what women need to see, but we also need the guys to see it too, because we need to shape their beliefs and drive their behavior as well
0: yeah I, I think that's a really good point, I mean, especially considering that at this point most um Leaders in at least STEM, uh, STEM like careers are men, so they do kind of have that power right now. So until they change also their beliefs to accept women and like see their their potential, they're not gonna like take full advantage of their skills, of our skills. So right. you're right that. There's a shift in mindset for everyone that is very much needed. And um, your point about how important it is for, for people to have others to relate to or to look up to, to imagine themselves in a role, um, I think the media plays a huge role in that as well. I mean... The the fact of the matter is that media drives beliefs and beliefs drive behavior. And the beliefs that we want to drive younger girls to have are that they are just as good as their male counterparts in terms of STEM skills. That includes, you know, coding, um, science activities, experimentation. So the more representation there is in Uh, science fiction in the media, the more inclined girls will be to pursue a career in STEM. It's interesting because uh, studies have found that kids these days spend five to nine hours each day consuming media, whether that is through TV shows, movies, books. So there is a dire need for more female representation in the media so that girls have more role models to look up to. Um, You are actually an example of someone who is trying to do that, right? You have a book where your main character is actually um, a female in STEM. So what exactly drove you to write a main character who is a girl?
1: Well, I didn't initially say, you know, I need to do this for representation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it became a, a a great element as i got more and more into it um but i did it because well i'm i like technology and i'm a female and i wanted it and in many ways it was you know when you're writing it's from some of it can be from your own expectations and your own experiences so I think that was the initial reason.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but then as the book unfolded, as, as we built the storyline, I included more and more female engineers and characters, partly because the, the big drive of the book is that the importance of creating artificial intelligence that is ethical. And uh, the lead character is that that's her whole career has been based around helping kids and creating a ethical uh, operating system so that the AIs have no choice but to make ethical decisions. That's, That's their boss. And I looked at the, um, the people that really seem to be driving a lot of that demand are, are often women. And that just really kind of fed the fuel of um, how does this fit? And in this case, the lead AI is, um, has an imperative to protect children, because for me, that's the most ethical thing we could do. You know, if you have to start with base one, and um, you know, to drive that kind of thing, well, it would be, will help the kids and protect them and keep them from bullying and abuse, et cetera, and they'll grow up to be better people. And then the world gets better because there hasn't been that cycle of abuse. And so it, to me, was a very natural extension to bring in these various female characters and and their perspectives on uh, that whole topic that that's really really
0: interesting I mean just hearing like the entire process of uh, how you crafted your story um I I want to talk more about the point that you said that women tend to be more concerned about things like Okay, I don't want to phrase mm-hmm. it in a way that's like, only women care about being right. No, but,
1: absolutely not.
0: But like, I, maybe, can you elaborate a little bit more on that point? Like,
1: Well, I think we have seen um, that it's, and maybe it's not just, I shouldn't just focus it on women, but the more diverse the decision-making groups are in companies Mm -hmm. um, that are working with AI, the more different beliefs and cultures and perspectives come into that decision-making process, Mm -hmm. the more likely you're going to get a well-balanced system, whether that's AI or other elements of technology. Because if you have a, a single demographic making decision, and that could be any single demographic, a whole room of just women are not going to have as diverse a perspective as a, a multifaceted, faceted multi multi-gender kind of room where people are like, hey, have you considered this? Are we testing for that? And um, so I think it's important that we have that diversity. So then when you back it up and you say, okay, we need diversity, diversity from what the traditional bunch of white guys in the room building tech, yeah. which, which is, it is a stereotype, but it's a stereotype for a reason still statistically it's, it's reality, mm-hmm. but um You know, women in science is not science fiction. Um, It's women are in the sciences. They are in technology. And I think their voice is helping to elevate the discussions of of ethics and are we doing the right thing? And is this product reaching all of our constituents, Um, which is just different than if you only have an echo chamber in your decision making?
0: Yeah, that that's a great point about why diversity is so important for STEM. Because you know the whole idea is you're you're coming up with innovative solutions, and you need varying perspectives to come up with the best solution. You know, so going back to your point, I love the way you phrased it that women being in STEM is not science fiction. Um, it is very true. Currently, a study done by the Women's Media Center and BBC America, they found that only around 14% of sci-fi and superhero movies were led by girls and women. So <laughs> we definitely want to see more of that too. There are different factors and media is one of the big ones.
1: So. Media is a, a huge impact and it, in a uh, I'll I'll give a, a shout out to you know Star Trek because that is one franchise that from very early on saw um, a, a great need and a great power in including uh, different races and women and you've got you know you've got women starship captains and oh yeah. Um, you know those types of things are are very important. Or, or, in a book, when you can read a book and the character is a a female and she is uh, doing her job or her adventure or solving problems with science or with math, etc. You can put. So often when you get into a book, you You can see yourself in it. You know, a good Mm -hmm. book, you're almost living alongside or you're seeing it through almost, you know, mentally, you can fall into it. You know, this could be me. Um, You can almost wear those characters a little bit if you want to. And so giving those strong characters and those possibilities to women um, is, is really valuable. And it's not just for young kids. It's it's a, adult women as well need to be able to to feel that. You know, no longer do people have one career um, most often, or they don't always follow exactly what their career plan was in college. They often change around. So the representation matters for all ages.
0: Yeah, you're, you're definitely right about both your points that um, you need to be able to visualize yourself as like the main character or like some other character. And those are the best books, you know, I, I love reading. And the books that attract me the most are the ones where I can find characteristics of different characters and relate them to myself. So your second point about how it shouldn't just be for young girls, you're definitely right. I but I remember reading somewhere that oftentimes, um, because the workplace itself uh, is not is not um, a very inviting environment for women, this often like discourages them from keeping going if they are already in like a STEM career. So there, we definitely need other factors too, like the media, to keep these women encouraged to stay in their roles yeah and i guess another book slash movie that was pretty interesting was a wrinkle in time and a bonus is that the main character was not just a girl but she was um, a woman of color it was actually directed and led by women of color which i think is an amazing like a trifecta yeah you know? <laughs> it, and it was so, so good. I remember me and my family watched it and I found myself like relating to the main character um, at times too, which made it so, you know engaging. And it was
1: kind of inspired. And, and a, a real life hero movie, in my opinion, is a, a, first a book is amazing as well, but a lot of people consumed hidden figures as, mm-hmm. as a movie. And, and um, those were also women of color that mm-hmm. were instrumental in NASA. And they were, um, you know, the term computers came from the almost entirely women that were doing the calculations they were computing the various elements first of just uh, not just but flights and um, airplane elements etc and then it moved into spacecraft and eventually into the uh, you know Apollo rockets and such and and Those are real life heroes. I mean, we have expanded our knowledge so greatly because of what the space programs have done. And those women were integral in Mm. that. And the storytelling, the book, the movie, um, that whole exposure for people to see that these, these women had a key role Um, And it's important for the people to see the biases and the ceilings that were put upon them and some that they just blasted through. They're just like, well, that's what you think. This is what we're going to do because you need me. Um, That there's a lot of value in that. How do you overcome? Sometimes how do you live within the boxes and still thrive? Because that's important to learn too.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's really unfortunate how much discrimination and bias there exists not just in this country but all around the world I mean definitely I mean it's another example of uh, I guess rewriting history or exposing some of the history that was previously not um, highlighted and speaking of space another movie that just popped into my head was uh, Gravity I believe with like Sandra Bullock yeah, yes. she was she was the main character um, in a space movie. I don't know. I remember seeing it. I think I was m- quite young, and I was a bit surprised, I guess, to see the main character that was a woman, because um, usually, you know, you see like Interstellar and like I'm just thinking of space movies and The Martian and all. They're all you know male lead characters. They do amazing jobs, but it was nice to see that for a change.
1: Well, and um, contact um with Jody Foster, that's another mm-hmm. one that a female um, scientist and and that was an early one to um not as early as like the Star Treks were, but mm-hmm. but definitely an early one to show um a space explorer. That was female and that was heavily engaged in the why and the how. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are some great examples when you look for them, and I think it's it's important that we encourage more and more of that. That we get more media um, showing these roles, and and media w- will evolve. I mean, it's it. That's one of the great things about what we're. You know what's out there now is it doesn't just have to be um, blockbuster movies. Mm-hmm. It can be you know books. It can be TikTok. It can be you know. And I hope um, the the you know your listeners get motivated to say you know what I'm going to share what what my job is out there. You know mm-hmm. I can I can share that or there's. There's, you know, different resources out there where people are looking for uh, role models. And really, I guess that's part of it's not a term that we've used yet today, but it is a, a bit of what we're talking about. Whether they're they're real or fiction, it's still an element of of being a role model.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, role models play a huge Part in encouraging and inspiring others. Yes. So, to wrap this episode up, I guess we'll go back to our myth and see if we've busted it. So, once again, the myth was that women are only recently gaining an interest in STEM, and I think it's safe to say that no, uh, this is completely untrue, and we've busted the myth because one, women have been involved even pushing past barriers such as discrimination, um, not being allowed to get an education, etc. But history has been written by men for men, so a lot of these contributions were not emphasized or highlighted. And another point is that currently the media um, depicts these stereotypes that you know stem is mostly for guys with their male leads and etc so this is obviously improving and but we have a lot more work to do where we get more
1: women as lead roles in science fiction media i think a, an important thing is when you see media that is supporting women especially women in stem is is consume it mm. you know and then share that you consumed it
0: yeah Definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. And thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned for next month's episode.